Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Come on, Robin. To the Batcave. We haven't one moment to lose. The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Wednesday, July 13, 2022, and this is the Bob Seska Interview on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi, day 542 of the Biden-Harris administration, 114 days until the 22 midterms. Find me on Instagram at TheBobSeska, Twitter, BobSeska underscore go, and our Patreon is BobSeskaShow.com. Okay. So we were supposed to talk with Robbie Pickering today. He's the writer, creator, and executive producer of the Gaslit miniseries on the Stars Network, but... There was a scheduling mix-up, and so we had to postpone Robbie's appearance for next week or maybe the week after. We're going to let you know on that one. So instead, the great Cliff Schechter is here for his monthly appearance to talk about abortion, ballot initiatives, the Ohio Senate race, the latest from the 1-6 committee hearings, and so much more. Don't forget to subscribe to Cliff's YouTube channel where he's posting daily barn burner videos. That's youtube.com slash C Schechter, link in the description. Meantime, if you like what you hear, please help support this show by subscribing to our bonus content at patreon.com slash Show. All righty, here's me and Saul Goodman Soundalike. The great Cliff Schechter is here. More fun, more music, the Bob Seska Show. Now the time has come to see the writing on the floor. Okay, I was in Watergate land all day. I was prepping for this interview that we were supposed to do with Robbie Pickering until there was a scheduling mix-up. And so I'm not familiar with what's gone on with this 10-year-old girl who was raped, had to go across state lines in order to get uh, abortion services. And I guess it was the Wall Street Journal said that that story was maybe made up. What's going on with that? What's happening with that story? The story is they're absolutely wrong. Yeah. <laughs> the story is the right wing being the right wing. It was sourced enough so that the Cincinnati Inquirer and other newspapers like that published it. The Cincinnati Inquirer is a very conservative newspaper. Mm-hmm. Yes, they drew the line what we're all sane people do, and they didn't endorse Trump, but they've endorsed, you know, Rob Portman and Steve Shabbat and all these crappy characters from around here, these Republicans for years. Just the, the Columbus Dispatch reported it, and that's a pretty conservative newspaper. It wasn't like, oh, the liberal media. I mean, of course, that's what the right wingers said. So they came after it, and they, I don't know, I don't know where they got their little thing from, but somebody questioned and said, oh, it's a single source. They have no proof, blah, blah, blah. And of course, then today, they arrested the guy who did it, and yeah. he's now in court. And there is abundant proof. You know, none of these guys admit that. I mean, we know who they are. They did, like, or not who they are. We know what they are. They, mm-hmm. None of them will admit any fault, any whatever. They'll just, they've just deleted their tweets and moved on. Well, know? even, uh, even Glenn Kessler at the Washington post was dubious about the story and has now announced that he's updated his story with his new information. So as to give it more validity, but what but do the these ones people me off almost more sometimes? Bob. Yeah. Yeah. I don't mean to interrupt you, but like he's supposed to be this arbiter of fact, and they just feel like they have this thing inside of them where if they're attacking Republicans 50% of the time, they got to attack Democrats the other 50%. So they got they have to ask the question. There's no 
I can. I, I always forget. I can curse on here, right? Yeah. Oh God. Yes. I mean, there was Fuck. no fucking question that needed to be asked there. None. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say fuck every other word. Just sometimes it's appropriate. So I need <laughs> of to know I can it say. is. Well, this I is mean, one of those occasions. It's absolutely appropriate yes. now. Yeah. I mean, like there just was no reason for that que- for to, for it to be questioned. It was sourced well enough by major newspapers that are certainly not in the tank with the left mm-hmm. to decide to put, to write this thing. And, and, you know, the right did their little game to distract from the story itself and want to turn it into a scandal. that's about reporters and about liberal media pushing it and liberal types like you and me pushing something that's not true. So everybody forgets that there's a poor little girl here yeah. who is the victim of their fascistic, ridiculous policy. Yep. And so, in, so they do all that and further compounding. So now on top of everything else, they're, they're basically saying either this 10-year-old doesn't exist or she's a liar. On top of every other indignity they've thrown upon her from the fact that, 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 that she was the victim of sexual assault. She's fucking 10 years old, for Christ's sake. Yeah. It was three days beyond the ridiculous six-week ban that our little troll governor, Mark, Mike DeWine, signed, um, who's been an anti-choice fucking you know, bulldog his entire career. Um, and, and, you know, and, and so the, and now they go and they arrest this guy and yeah. he's in court. And obviously they're proven to be full of shit yet again, but the Glenn Kessler's and people like that, he was the biggest one I saw, you know, who did this, but a few others too started asking the question, Oh, well, maybe it's not true. Do you have any reason to believe it's not true? If major publications have published it, if you don't, how about you try shutting the fuck up? Right. Uh, just an idea, which is what I ended up tweeting out. Like, you know, if you don't want to embarrass yourself anymore, <laughs> mainstream media, if you don't want to, if you don't want to look any more pathetic than you already do, like you're crouched in a corner saying, please don't hurt me, right wingers. Then maybe why don't you get your facts straight and stop looking like amateurs and just make sure that you know that there's actually a problem. And if you don't shut the fuck up. This shit is so predictable, Cliff. I mean, the fact yes. that they're going after the veracity of a 10 year old rape victim is perfectly in keeping with the Republican Party that we've been witnessing for 20 years now, which loves to go after people who have no media training, children, uh, school principals, you know what I mean? They go after what I call non-combatants. That's their favorite target. And this is perfectly in keeping with that. Because, you know, when they come after me or whatever, you know, fuck them. (laughs) They don't scare me. But they don't scare you, obviously, either. But, like, you know, they do this. I mean, like, you know, I'll never forget. I remember which one of the conventions it was where we had, like, you know, this kid who had, like, had some sort of a disability and they were they they were cutting like healthcare funds or whatever and they went after him and like said he was faking it or i'm trying to remember the whole story like they're such fucking ghouls i mean they just i mean to to wake up every day and be that evil Mm -hmm. i I don't know how one does it i really don't yeah it's a way to make themselves seem bigger and tougher than they actually are if they're beating on 10 year olds i mean you remember graham frost right i mean there was michelle malkin stalked him and that's the one I think I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. So, and then there yeah, was so that maybe. there was that little boy who was at the signing for the ACA and stood next to Barack Obama when he signed right. that legislation. They went after him too. Uh, it's absolutely the, the, the gold star parent. Yeah. Who I mean, Jesus Christ, they've lost. Oh, their the cons. Yeah, war. yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, they chose to get up and speak, and yes, they chose, but 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 they they got up and they spoke, and I, I don't remember the whole speech, but they but I think a lot of it was was really, you know, said thanking Obama and thanking Biden and, you know, Biden and of course Donald Trump and his people went after them and ripped mm-hmm. them to shreds. And, and I mean, just, these I mean, people are awful. Along those lines, there's something I've been thinking about for a couple of weeks now, certainly since the Dobbs decision was handed down. And this is based partly on conversations I've had with Kimberly, who I, I don't know if you, how many women, you know, on Twitter who have quite, a lot of visibility, but the kind of DMs they get on a regular basis are far beyond, in terms of their awfulness, far beyond the kind of DMs that you and I get as as white men. And so one of the things that Kimberly has seen is this, I don't know, it's this repeated meme that gets sent out to a lot of women, Kimberly included, which is from uh, Trump supporters, Republicans, obviously anti-abortion people, who write to women and say, I own your body now. The unforeseen consequences of this Dobbs decision 
uh, obviously impacts reproductive age women, uh, anyone of uh, reproductive age, uh, pregnant women, obviously, young girls, rape victims, all points in between. But there's something broader here that has empowered misogynists to believe that because of this legislation, they now possess ownership over women. They possess. Well, they're making it obvious yeah. uh, to like what we what we know. Like, yeah, we know that's what it's actually about. And they try to claim, no, no, it's not. It's mm. about the life of the baby and blah, blah 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 blah. And it's totally about the life of the baby, which is why I try to cut prenatal care. I try to cut early childhood intervention funds. I try to cut preschool. Yeah. I try to cut schooling. I try to cut uh, all sorts of welfare programs for, for single moms because yeah, you care about the fucking baby, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but 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 you know, just to sort of add it on and make it that much more obvious. Uh, they come along, and of course, uh, they they do that, yeah. which is to they, which is at a moment where where they're sort of angry, or whatever. They let it all out and say, "I own you," yeah, because that's what it's about in the end. Yeah, exactly. So what this is going to do is because of that sense of ownership, that possessive, dominant uh, behavior, which was there, quite frankly, prior to Dobbs when Roe was still in existence, but it's now being uh, augmented. And what this is going to do, it's going to manifest so much more domestic abuse, so much more uh, violence against women, whether it's uh, beatings or actual murders and so on, because there are so many misogynistic dumb shits who have that toxic masculinity circulating through yep. their veins. And if they get the sense from their elected leadership that they own women's bodies now, that's going to give them even more impetus to commit these crimes, isn't it? Well, of course. And like, as if the, you know, that were something that they were even trying to hide, like, these leaders in these states, the others didn't get around to it in time before uh, the Supreme Court went in the ridiculous decision overturned Roe. Mm-hmm. But even before that, you had Texas already saying that with its its law that you you know putting bounties on women. Yeah. Hey, you want to make ten thousand dollars? Ex boyfriend who's beaten the hell out of their girlfriend, who's a complete piece of shit, who's a, a domestic abuser. Here you go. You know, yeah. find a find a find what's going on and, and tell us, if, you know, that, that your ex-girlfriend spy on her. Look at her windows and her Facebook page and and just completely violate her privacy anywhere you can think of. And you really want to get back at her. Oh, my God. You think she may be even contemplating an abortion? Let us know. Here's 10 grand. God, there's so many uh, downsides to this. It's hard to even begin to, to list them. Uh, we've listed a few of them here, but it, it go, the list goes on and on and on. The other thing I wanted to ask you about, and I know for a fact that you've kind of worked on campaigns along these lines, which is the idea of uh, ballot initiatives as a way to push back. Now, some ballot initiatives, you may not get enough signatures to get the initiative on the ballot or referendum, as the case may be. Uh, But a lot of times they do end up succeeding, don't they? I mean, that seems like a viable path forward to kind of circumvent some of these trifectas in, in the gulag states, right? Yeah, no, it exactly is. It's sort of, we used it, um, in a couple different ways. It was the uh, ones I worked on were, were before the, and we sadly may have to do this again now, yeah. before the Oberfeld decision that, that made gay, gay marriage, marriage equality, the law of the land. We, mm-hmm. That was something that had to be put on state ballots. And we used a number of state ballots to push uh, gun control, gun safety measures. Yeah. Washington State, Nevada, um, I'm trying to think where else or a couple others. And I, and I've often thought we should use those more aggressively. And, you know, if, if, if it's expensive, but like, but we have people on our side who have money and, you know, if you're not going to use it for that and you say you care about this stuff, what, what are you using it for? You know, because there are places where we're so just, there's such entrenched power. I mean, the story here in Ohio is, you know, we passed a referendum with 70% of the vote, mm-hmm. trying ungerrymandering our, our uh, you know, our, our uh, state house and house of representatives. And of course, the Republicans have fought, delayed, not listened to the Supreme Court, which has a 4-3 majority uh, that favors the constitution here yeah. and did everything they can to slow walk the process. And in the end, they're going to probably be rewarded with, yes, they're going to have to have the districts are not going to be as gerrymandered, 
Like we may end up gaining one or two seats out of this whole thing, but the Republicans right now in this state, like we, you know, this is a state in the end that still, you know, however well Trump did here, because he played very well up in the northern parts with the anti-trade rants and that kind of stuff that he didn't believe in. But like for the most part, we're a lean Republican, let's say four point lean Republican state. Mm -hmm. And like they're winning, you know, 75 percent of the, you know, when it comes to like the uh, state house seats and stuff like that. And and the congressional, I think it was like what a I'm trying to think of what it was, 13 to three or whatever was their advantages. Yeah. I mean, really, in the end, you know, if, if you're looking at like 12 seats or something like that in, or 15 seats or something like that, they should have one or two more than us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and they're setting it up so that they, they have more like 75 to 80 percent. It's utter bullshit. Yeah. So in the end, like like the, the, the they were forced to, to sort of along the way change a little bit, but they fought it all the way. And so that's my worry, too, is like. At what point do we think that state legislatures that don't believe in democracy anymore, and let's not even talk about this Supreme Court case that may give state legislatures dominance over state courts, which I think that they're going to end up doing. Um, but, but, but as right, but as it is right now, even like you know, in a lot of these places, they're just going to ignore. I mean, they have to at some point carry out the will of the courts, but they slow walk it. They do what they can, and they get so that they can get to a point where they just whine and complain and whatever, and they end up not having to give up as much power as they would if they would be cooperative in the process of democracy, which they mm-hmm. couldn't give two shits about. Yeah, yeah. So I do worry about that with referenda, but, but yes, I mean, look, they can be passed. You know, I think about half the states have them. If you were to sit down and chart out mm-hmm. states, you know, we, you know, state legislatures where we'll get it through state legislatures and we won't need them. Um, uh, you know, and then on top of it, where state legislatures are hostile, um, but there are referenda, you know, you might end up like having 30 to 35 states where uh, abortion rights, at least on some level, is legal. And again, that's not what I want, but it's certainly better than 10 states, right? Yeah, so. absolutely. And it seems like with the polling right now that if you're at least able to get the signatures and you can get the initiative or referendum on the ballot, then the chances of succeeding are relatively strong. I mean, obviously, there are some deep, deep red states that have uh, initiatives and referendum, and the numbers probably won't bear out as they, the same as they do nationally. But by and large, it seems like an initiative or a referendum along these lines would ultimately be successful. The challenge is, prior to that, uh, collecting the signatures, you know, getting the volunteers together to collect those signatures and uh, a significant amount of uh, financing. Now, when it comes to the money right. side of it, what does that go to? Does that go to advertising? Uh, how does that? Yes, all of that. Well, it costs a lot of money to go and get. Some states have have very, you know, you have to get a very large chunk of signatures, some percent of the number of people who voted in the last election. Yeah you know, even your election or whatever. And so it can be, you know, it can be an expensive process. That's a lot of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, obviously also advertising and that kind of thing. I mean, again, it's not cheap, but it can be done. Uh, I just, and, and again, I do think in most places, you know, some form of this can be done yeah. either through, you know, you just sit down again and put a chart together of like state legislatures can do it in these places. Here are the places that are hostile, you know, uh, state legislatures that have the right to referenda. And then there's the, the few places where you're just you're screwed, frankly, that don't have referenda and have hostile state legislatures. And, and but and even within that, look, if we're being honest, there may be a, like even with how the polling is, I think polling is pretty good. There may be sort of six, eight, ten, like such sort of small rural religious states where maybe we can't win yeah. on that. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to look and I'd have to see. But I mean, I do think the you know if i were to sit down and analyze it and in, in the way that i just said in the in the a strong majority of them mm-hmm. we could we could make sure that women at least have some rights along these lines yeah, yeah until yeah. we can get ourselves a sane fucking supreme court not made up of you know right wing uh, operatives in robes two of whom probably committed sexual assault and one of whom's in a fucking cult you know, and, and the rest of them, <laughs> yeah. long dong silver, and you know the whole whole rest of that crew of just wow, unbelievable idiots. In all of the Clarence Thomas discourse recently, that's the first time I've heard the callback to long dong silver. 
That was I'm disappointed in people not bringing that one up. I know. I mean, he should be referred to that way by everyone on our side. He right. Well, if, if we were Republicans, that's what we would do. But we're not. Right. So or we assholes don't. like yeah. me. So I will. Right. Yeah. 260. I like to say I'm an asshole for freedom. Okay. <laughs> exactly. 265,000 signatures are required in your state of Ohio to get a uh, ballot initiative on the ballot. There you go. So I don't know how and, that and plays out in terms of Ohio's population. I mean, yeah. Well, and we could. And you know, we've got a pro-choice, excellent governor running, mm-hmm. Nan Whaley, who's the mayor of Dayton. And she was the one who you know, got national attention because she handled things so well there when there was this mass shooting in Dayton couple of years ago and you know she's terrific and i think if anybody who's going to be hurt by these decisions dewine will be hurt because he's of course now trying to pretend like he's some moderating force on this Mm -hmm. and he's not he's a zealot he's a lunatic you know so i i think you know it's not to say you need to have a governor in place to get this on the ballot but it doesn't hurt Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, I mean, if we could take that governor's race, because we're not going to take back the state legislature, it's too gerrymandered, even with the reforms, if, you know, if they're put in place, um, then maybe, you know, just having somebody in that position can really galvanize people and and, and help us put it on the ballot. And I mean, you know, we've gotten plenty of measures on the ballot before. If yeah. the money's there and the people who know how to do this are hired, who are here <clears throat> and or brought in, it can happen. Okay, here's the best way to listen to the Bob Seska Show without all of these pesky commercial interruptions. Just go right now to our Patreon page at bobseskashow.com. Scroll down to the link for the ultimate edition of this podcast and sign up for just $15 per month. And you might be saying to yourself, oh my God, $15 a month, that's a lot of money in the time of inflation and gas prices, blah, blah, blah. But here's what you're going to get in exchange for your generous support. We're going to give you a completely commercial-free version of the Tuesday show, the Wednesday show, the Thursday show. Plus, you're going to get the Shadow Docket show every Tuesday and Thursday. But wait, there's more dings. You're also going to get the Friday After Party podcast with me and Kimberly Johnson included in that level of support. In other words, you're going to get everything we have to offer all for just $15 per month and no more commercials. Again, that's bobseskashow.com, and we thank you. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Bob Seska. How is uh, Tim Ryan doing in Ohio uh, versus J.D. Vance? Uh, have you heard anything that uh, isn't getting broadly reported there on that race? Um, I, look, I think he's doing he's doing pretty well. I yeah. mean, you know, he, an Ohio Democrat is going to run differently than like a New York Democrat. As I said, yeah. you know, Trump got some of that populist fervor up in the northern part of the state with, you know, I mean, he would just sort of utter his usual anti-trade platitudes with no idea what he was talking about. Somebody handed him a piece of paper. You know, Sherrod Brown has been a thoughtful crit, you know, critic of trade for a long time and mm-hmm. some of the, you know, some of what we do. And it's why he's able to put together that coalition where you can still win in Ohio, even though it's a couple points Republican, which is turn out your Democratic base, win all of them and win over a couple percent of the hard hat guys that will also vote for someone like Trump. And if you can win over three to five percent of them, hold on to your base, you can win, you know, um, and, and he's proven able to do that. I think mm. right now, Tim Ryan is the closest thing to Sherrod Brown that we have. You know, if you take a look at that, at that 
pompous geek, you know, J.D. Vance, and you try to imagine him, like, in a union hall or going to, like, a bowling alley and hanging out, like, in jeans, you know, mm -hmm. oh, my God, could he do it without khakis, um, you know, or or hanging out at a biker rally, like, you can see Sherry Brown there, you know, wearing, yeah. like, the, the jeans tuxedo, right? Like, you can see Tim Ryan there, like, they both have the accent, and they've got the, the sort of personality yeah. that they've got like they fit there jd vance comes off as who he is you know what i mean yes, and i it's, think it's so confusing about ohio because all at once you guys keep uh re-electing sherrod brown who's great he's a great senator and and deserves to be re-elected as often as possible but at the same time jd vance has a chance in a statewide right. race i don't understand that dichotomy maybe you can explain that sort of schizophrenia on behalf of ohio I can't actually. I mean, again, it is understanding your, I mean, yeah. look, man, it's not the dichotomy I grew up with. I mean, you know, mm. I grew up a New York city boy. Right. So, I mean, right, right. I, I moved out here and, and uh, I love it at where I am in Cincinnati. And I, you know, I, I'm not saying anything negative. I'm just saying like, this is all learned by me mm -hmm. out here, but what it comes down to is, you know, issues like how we deal with, with China when they manipulate their currency. No, not racist stuff. What I can't stand is when some people on the far left, like you can't even say the word China or you're being racist. I'm sorry, mm -hmm. but like they're an authoritarian country, kind of the way Russia is. Yeah. Like I can name countries that have white leaders that are, that are authoritarian. So why can I not talk about China? And it's not, you know, it, it, Tim Ryan and, and Sherrod Brown, they talk about that stuff. They talk about sort of giving China special rights and how it's undermined. You know, a lot of our factories have left because of PNTR, you know, when mm -hmm. we signed that with them and which they were against. They talk about the, uh, the, the fact that, that we've got you know, the conditions we set up for workers here and how we undermine them and how it leads to, to, to jobs leaving free trade agreements and the rest. So, I mean, that's all like that's you know that's all really important that democrats in some states don't need to talk about in in a, in a way where they actually connect with people yeah. and and as i said that's sherrod brown's secret sauce is that you know you said we can elect people like jd vance well we can elect people like trump we can elect people like uh, you know all sorts of republicans but we're not you know, at least not yet. <laughs> They're yeah, trying. Yeah. We're not Alabama. We're not Utah. We're not Oklahoma. We're not. It is a state that leans. If you look at the combined vote in state legislative races or house races, you get a you get a three to four point Republican advantage. That's about where they are. So you so if you if you're Sherrod Brown and you know the right issues to, to run on and you work your ass off and you also are a charismatic candidate people forget how good candidates matter i remember like having this whole thing where you know the certain coalition let's call it of bernie people got angry at me um and other people who just like all that matters to them is ideology like do you agree with me on every issue that you know and mm -hmm. yeah. i'm sorry but i've worked in this for too long there are some middle of the road people that are middle of the road guys who actually are too moderate for me who are fantastic candidates. And there are some people who are, who are leftist, who are too much to the left for me, who are fantastic candidates. And then there are people where I am, which is probably in the middle of those two areas, as somebody I would refer to myself as liberal, you know, and, you know, someone between liberal and social Democrat. And, and like, there are some fantastic candidates there. F candidates matter a lot. Yeah. Fantastic candidates tend to win, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, so it, it's not, that's the thing. So you take Sherrod Brown, I'll, I'll just to say, to sum it up, you've got a, a guy who's a fantastic candidate, works his ass off, fits in with that, that sort of working class, you know, white population, rural white population where he actually knows how to speak to people where, again, if you can just win a couple percent of them back. Yeah. You can win here. Yeah, you don't yeah. have to win like half of Trump's voters. You don't have to win a third or 25% or you know, win 5% of his voters back that Democrats would normally win, and you can win here. And I think Tim Ryan can do that. You know, so far he's run a great race. Well, you know, I hope he keeps doing that. Yeah, the forecasts are still saying, uh, and I don't know how correct this is, which is why I'm asking you, uh, it's it's still likely J.D. Vance, according to the yeah. consensus mm -hmm. forecast. And it seems like that is closer to either, either being a leaner for J.D. Vance or just a outright toss-up. Um, maybe I'm being too optimistic. I put it between toss-up. No, yeah. I don't think you are. Okay. I will sit here and be plenty pessimistic. Where okay. I need to be. I'm not like, <laughs> right. like I'm not pretending just yeah. so we can all feel good. 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, I would love it if Charles Booker, if I could tell you, hit a great chance against Rand Paul in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Charles Booker is a fantastic candidate. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's the classic example of somebody. He's to the left of me. I don't agree with him on everything, but I think he's terrific. I love, I support him um, and all that. But but if I'm being realistic, it's Kentucky and, and I, I don't know how the hell he wins. Yeah, right. Whereas right. here, again, like those forecasters can say whatever they want. They're always way too small C conservative and they never get it right. Mm-hmm. They always say we're going to win 20 seats when we win 50. You know what I mean? And they, they always do that kind of stuff. Yes. Like I think because you start off with Ohio being Ohio, you, you give a slight lean to JD Vance. Yeah. When I add in the, the quality of both candidates, then for me in my head, it, you know, it ends up between lean Vance and toss up. Right. So that's where I end up putting it. I likely, you know, I don't, I don't think that's accurate. Well, I think things are moving in the direction of the Democrats right now. I don't know if there's necessarily momentum at this point, but I feel a sense of things shifting. The latest uh, report on inflation is not great. The number that we uh, heard today, but it is starting to, I think, slow down and maybe turning that corner. We've certainly seen that with uh, gas prices that I think will ultimately be reflected in the rate of inflation. So I think that's positive news on top of these goddamn 1-6 committee hearings, which Yesterday was another uh, just mind-blowing experience watching what happened and hearing the story of this almost fist fight that occurred in the yellow oval room between Eric Hirschman and the overstock guy. And it was just like, Oh my God, a cast it's of a thousand weirdos. Like, yeah. I said, that's like a new, my pillow. <laughs> yeah. Today is the first time I've ever spoken the words, the overstock guy. I mean, that's right. how, yeah, that's how deep Donald Trump's well of stooges goes down to the right. overstock guy. If you have something severely wrong with your development, <laughs> <laughs> Donald Trump will find you. It's like if in some way you have have deep antisocial personality yeah. disorder or deep narcissism or sociopathy or anything yeah. from the most recent edition of the DSM manual, Donald Trump will, will his signal like a bat signal will go out to you and yeah. attract you. Oh my God. And then Rudy Giuliani probably pantsless in the cabinet room by himself. Oh my God. Yeah. He's probably yeah. like searching for the Borat woman. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Nicole Wallace on MS last night was saying, and she had to say this. She said, in the eight years of the George W. Bush administration, no one was ever left by themselves unattended inside the cabinet room. That never, ever happens. But there's Rudy and all of the other freaks and weirdos from Trump's inner inner circle just having free reign inside the White House, wandering into the Oval Office. How many guys swiped shit from the China room and like put it up on eBay? I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it has to be a decent number. I mean, I you know, look, uh, maybe. I think that's a distinct possibility because the, I, they're all a bunch of crooks and scam artists, a bunch of ragtag con men, as Alex Wagner yes. called them last night, and which was perfectly apropos for what they are. But that was just the beginning. I mean, this whole situation where apparently a White House staffer lets the freaks and weirdos, including Sidney Powell, the Overstock.com guy, uh, Mike Flynn. I love that we should just keep calling him that because he doesn't deserve a name. No, no. I don't know what his name is, and I'm going to be pretty excited if I can go through life not knowing his name. That's right. It's like a mass shooter. I don't ever want to say the name of a mass shooter, and I also don't want to say the name of the Overstock.com guy. Uh, but <laughs> they're led into the White yes. House by a White House staffer. Uh, there was one initial meeting inside the main Oval Office. Then they went up to the residence to the yellow Oval Room where the career guys inside the White House, the guys from the, the council's office and so on, come in and like, who the fuck are you people and why, <laughs> why are you here? And then there's almost a, a fist fight. Oh, my God. Don't you wish there was video? That's the only thing. I, one of the many things I kept thinking about during this testimony is, yeah. well, oh, my God, if there were video of this, that's what we need to have. We need to have some sort of smoking gun along those lines, don't we? Yes, we do. We need like in the future, forget like the mm-hmm. tapes. We should have we need, we need video of everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and and uh, uh, you, but you're right. I mean, that whole thing. I mean, that was an important part of the hearings. Mm. To me, the part because I've just you know this has been one of my things I've been talking about nonstop, which is again like our our sort of zealotry in in certain places, a lot of places about the First Amendment, to the point of where we will not enforce any of the exceptions to it. Yeah. We just sort of you know whistle past inciting riot and and uh, terroristic threats mm-hmm. and the various other ways that that the First Amendment is not supposed to apply and let people get away with sharing mass disinformation that incites people to violence. And we had it right there yesterday. I mean, it would be it, what we saw yesterday with those two guys. What was so mind blowing is it would be like interviewing two people that had just left a cult. Yeah, because that's what this is. And that's what people don't seem to get. They think that people like you and me are being hyperbolic when we say this. They they are in an enclosed universe where everybody is fucking nuts like they are. And they're mm-hmm. getting the same crazy information. If I were to tell them, like, I had magic pixie dust and I'm selling it at $100,000 a pile and I picked up a bunch of fucking dust, you know, <laughs> sand. They would go for like how many that, how that. many bags of magic beans do you think they've bought on the way home from work? Yeah, but I mean that's the thing. Like, look, I mean Rick Perlstein. If you, I don't know if you know he is the author. If mm-hmm. you've ever had him on, wrote all those books on Nixon, Reagan, and whatever. You know, I remember him writing a great piece on sort of how you know conservative culture is sort of merging with grift culture. And if you think about it, it makes perfect sense because their marks are the same people. They tend to yeah. be people who are older. Um, and are sort of not as aware, I'm trying to say that respectfully, but people who are less educated, you know, like it merges into the same group of people, less worldly. And, you know, so they're the, the mark for someone, you know, like any one of these Republican grifters is going to be the same from some scam guy selling some, you know, magic beans crap that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so these two guys who were there yesterday, one guy who just apologized profusely at one point rose up relatively high, I think, in the Oath Keepers, you know, and I mean, they both were sitting there and they, they were, you know, like, hey. Donald Trump and other Republicans told us that the election was stolen. We had no reason to doubt that was true. They told us to be here. We thought we were doing the patriotic thing for our country. And again, I'm not freeing any of these people of accountability. You have accountability for your actions that you can't have a functioning society. If you don't, Mm -hmm. it can't just be like, I believe what the dude said on the internet, but we can still try to prevent people from falling into like these just, you know, Alice in Wonderland, like fucking, you know, rabbit holes where, Mm -hmm. you know, they're getting it from all around. They're watching Fox News and it's okay. You know, like there are are other countries, you know, we have truth and advertising standards here for companies. Why do we not have them for politicians? Why is it if a company tells me that their car is okay, but it blows the fuck up, they're in trouble, but a, a, a politician can lie about anything they want yeah you know why why is that why is it that we got rid of you know the fairness doctrine always only applied to to you know uh the publicly owned assets right so like networks or whatever i mean it wouldn't have applied to the internet or or uh cable tv and now but you know what any place that's getting some public funds and i bet all of those guys are in certain parts of their companies yeah make it a requirement find a way to do it the Republicans find a way to do anything they want to get mm-hmm. done. Yeah. You know, like, like if people are not getting accurate information, we got two real problems. One is we can't act the, the bigger one, or I don't know which one's bigger, but I, th- I would think this one's bigger because it's sort of a, it's, it's sort of, I mean, it's the whole ball game, which is we can't have a democracy mm-hmm. because the whole sort of theory behind democracy is a, a populace that, that has opinions and reads and thinks and comes to some conclusion that I think this is better for me and that's better for my family and this is what I believe in and so I'm going to support that. Well, if, if we've got a huge chunk of our population that literally is being fed dog shit, there's no idea what the truth is. It's impossible to have a democracy. And the second yeah. thing is it's incredibly dangerous as we saw on January 6th and we saw with the attempted kidnap of Gretchen Whitmer and those fucking you know, loons that attacked the Oregon wildlife sanctuary or whatever it was or i mean there's so many examples of this and if you know if they can feed these people nonstop bullshit they can turn them into violent actors and so and we saw two of them yesterday Mm -hmm. two that had been deprogrammed had left the cold and they explained it and like we can't just sit here and do nothing while they continue to do all of this i'm not saying i have all the answers but 
I think are already existing exceptions to the First Amendment, not to mention plenty of other things we could pass and we could do that do not go afoul the First Amendment. Again, again, if if companies have to tell the truth about what they're selling me and that doesn't run afoul of the First Amendment, well, why would a politician who's selling me on their version of democracy not have to do the same? I mean, they're like, telling I don't see how one would violate the First Amendment and the other one wouldn't. Absolutely. And they're telling us that this is a revolution that they're engaged in. They're engaged in an effort to overthrow uh, the current government, to overthrow democracy. Obviously, on January 6th, they tried to overthrow Congress. And not enough people, I think, are speaking about it in those terms. That the Proud Boys, the Oath Keepers, the Donald Trump disciples all collected into one. They tried to march into the Capitol. They got into the Capitol. Had they been more successful and they weren't a bunch of cosplaying doofuses, they might have actually succeeded in literally overthrowing the Congress. Because uh, what Malcolm Nance describes as his scenario for how this might have gone for January 6th is... Donald Trump marches down there with him. He gets the Secret Service to agree to drive him to the Capitol. He would have marched into the well of the House chamber and declared himself some form of emperor and the Congress dissolved. And that is a very distinct possibility. And we don't need for that to actually happen before the Justice Department and the FBI begins to start treating these militia groups like what they are, which are revolutionary terrorist organizations. And they need to be treated as such. Otherwise, this is just going to keep happening. This is, I mean, this is not over on January 6th. I mean, this is, you know, and there's an article I was looking at. Where was it? People should read. It's at the at Just Security, if people have ever read that. Yeah. You know, and, and the article is the GOP's militia problem, Proud Boys, Oath Keepers, and Lessons from Abroad. Mm-hmm. And look, anybody who's alive, if you paid attention just to what was going on, for example, in Ireland, you know, with, with you know, the against the British, right? And, and, and uh, in the 80s or some of these other places, like, this is the way this sort of stuff goes down yeah. in, 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 you know, in unstable democracies or even worse, which is you've got a political wing of your party and then you've got the military wing of your party and the military wing of the party, you know, and they all, the, the political wing of, of it just sort of pretends to not really know who these guys are. Oh, well, we don't really know them, but now we know they do because all these people were texting each other, emailing each other, getting together with each other. Yeah. And we know, I mean, Jesus Christ, the guy that runs the, 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 the top fucking proud boy guy, I think proud boy or oath keeper. Well, I don't know. They're all, <laughs> fucking same to yeah, me. Does, same make guys. Yeah, does it make yeah. me, me racist i don't know um <laughs> hardly <laughs> um, um but but the, the top guy there Stuart rhodes was a was was a fucking aide to ron paul i mean he literally worked on capitol hill for for or, or or on this campaign i can't remember which for ron paul yeah like the connections run so deep here there already are a couple of state parties You'll, if you read this article, you'll see who have used one of these militias, one of these militia groups as security for events. Mm-hmm. Like this is like fucking, you know, Rolling Stones having the, the what do you call it? It's the Hell's Angels, like, you know, as their security and people getting stabbed at a concert. They learned pretty quickly that was a bad idea. Yeah. Like, you know, like we're talking here that there's a, a number of state parties and other groups that use these militia type figures, these lunatics uh, as their actual as their actual security. You tell me what's going to happen when one of those guys, all of whom can easily arm themselves with any assault rifle. They feel like one of them who is, is, you know, uh, the, what you'd expect from these, these folks emotionally, you know, let's call it challenged racist as hell, you know, hair trigger ready to go. And the wrong person makes the wrong move at one of their events or says the wrong thing. They just start firing into a crowd because it will happen. Yeah, you know? it will. It will. And, and it absolutely is going to happen unless this movement, the movement that surrounds Donald Trump, is bottled and jettisoned into space at some point. Because yes. otherwise, I, I'm sure you can see the trajectory of the timeline if it continues on its current path. And the current path leads to, uh, if it hasn't started already in January 6th, this 
pretty good evidence that it started. Uh, an insurgency uh, turning into sectarian violence, where different factions are fighting each other. Governments yep. are kind of trapped in between, some supporting one faction, others supporting another faction. It's just going to be endless, bloody horrible and it will collapse American society. And I don't think enough people recognize that, but it seems to me as if the federal Bureau of investigations should be uh, thinking along these same lines, that this is where the current trajectory leads us. And maybe it's a good idea that we try to uh, uh, thwart these groups from getting more militaristic, uh, stockpiling more weapons, uh, developing more strategies for how they're going to do it under whatever circumstances they'll do it. Uh, I don't know why, or maybe it, maybe it is happening. I have no information coming from inside the FBI to me personally under deep background or anything like that. I have no idea. I like to think that maybe they are thinking along these lines at uh, I would Justice hope Department. so. Yeah. I mean, again, like, but I don't know how often I feel like, you know, I'm not some genius and yet things are completely obvious to me and they don't seem to be yeah. to some of the people that we trust to be the adults in yeah, certain good situations. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, it would seem to me <laughs> that, I mean, again, I, I haven't been one of the ones who's been constantly ripping Merrick Garland, except for I've said his communications have been awful. <laughs> and I think he's done great harm uh, to our democracy by the fact that he doesn't regularly communicate. He doesn't even have to tell people any specifics, but just constantly giving people confidence. And really, it, it shouldn't be him. Yeah. It should be a spokesperson for, I mean, this is an unprecedented situation. This is not some normal investigation. So you don't treat it that way. Somebody should be getting up weekly at least and saying, hey, you know, we've moved forward on a bunch of things and blah, 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 blah. And yeah, you can't share certain details. That's fine. But at least then we get the confidence and have some sense that there's leadership there. And so in that case, that way, I can absolutely say as somebody who's a communicator, he's been fucking awful. Um, I, I can't criticize on the legal side because I'm not a lawyer. And I, I do respect the fact that some folks who I think are smart have said, you know, that these things take a while and this and that, um, while still wondering how it is that some of the stuff that, that Mueller laid out in the report there, you know, when it comes to sort of obstruction of justice and these kinds of things have just seemingly been ignored. And we're bouncing up against, you know, statutes of limitations, five-year statutes of limitations right now. Mm-hmm. And I don't see anything happening and I don't know that anything's happened. And so, I mean, I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't fully know what to think. What I do know is I'm long past where I just assume everything's going to be OK because mm-hmm. the adults who get who understand the stuff are in charge. OK, back with more Cliff Schechter right after these words. OK, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Bob Seska plays more music. I think there's a big concern, and I I don't know a whole lot about Merrick Garland's uh, worldview on this shit, but I get the sense that he's deeply concerned about the long-term ramifications of, let's say, a Donald Trump indictment and prosecution. The, I think he believes that, well, maybe from a selfish point of view, he doesn't want to be the guy who touches off that civil war that creates the spark that ignites it that or exacerbates what's already there 
to a point where the level of violence increases somehow. So he'd rather be the Weimar Republic? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a dumb, I mean, whatever it is, it's not sound you, logic because what he's you doing by- the Mensheviks? Yeah. You know, would he rather be the, I mean, I can give more examples because shit, I spent way too much time studying history thinking I was going to spend my life as a history professor. But there were a whole lot of people along the way who thought, you know, oh, okay, you know, it, it, we, we don't want the, don't go, go too fast. Mm-hmm. You know, don't, don't, don't push too hard. Yeah, and I, I mean, you know, and I want to let be, them let the, they're just crazy. Let them say what they want. Everything will be OK. Yeah. Oh, look, they attacked. They tried to overthrow the government. They didn't really mean it. And, and what, man, I mean, littered with examples of that. And to be clear, I believe that there is action taking place. I believe that they are looking at Donald Trump. I believe there's a grand jury in, in Washington, D.C. right now that's been impaneled that's investigating all of this shit. And there I mean, Neil Katyal himself, I think yesterday said that. It's very likely that Donald Trump will be indicted for one or more of the things that we've heard about in the course of these one six committee hearings. Um, So in that sense, I'm not as pessimistic as some are about Merrick Garland. But at the same time, I feel like if he doesn't move, if he doesn't end up indicting Trump, I think the reasoning would be what I described a second ago, which is that. No, and I think you're right. Yeah. I just think if anyone who has the sort of cursory understanding of history should should get that that it's going to suck either way. <laughs> right. Right. right? Yeah. Like, there's no good way to do this. There's no easy way to do this. I worry about precedent too. I worry yeah. about all those sorts of things because I actually care about democracy and I don't like indicting our leaders and going after our leaders. When they started this game with their bullshit impeachment of Bill Clinton, you know, 20 something years ago, I was deeply disturbed by it as somebody who had only been involved really in politics at that time for a couple years yeah. and that they would take this process and abuse it for partisan aims, you know, to delegitimize a president was a danger and it turned out, guess what? They paid no price for that. The only price I guess you could say is they lost the house in 98, but likely people turned off by all of the sort of sleaziness around Clinton because of what they did. A lot of those people voted for Bush mm-hmm. instead of Gore who agreed more with Gore. And you might even say they were rewarded for it. Yeah. And look at where we are because people that abuse governmental processes and, and, and pull this kind of shit never pay a price for it. Mm-hmm. So, could there be like large scale violence if Trump's indicted and other members of his family and other top cronies? Could there be some terrible things that happen? Could there be a bunch of people who who end up like rioting? Absolutely. I'm yeah. not like acting like, ah, this is all easy. Mm-hmm. But the alternative is not having a democracy. Yeah. The alternative is sending the very same message we've sent to these guys again and again, which is there are no consequences. So try again. Yeah. It's kind of like the Cuban Missile Crisis, where there was no great solution for that. Right. It was just picking the solution that was less catastrophic or less potentially exactly. catastrophic. And no, I think that's got to be, yeah, that's got to be the uh, the scales that are weighing in Merrick Garland's head right now. Like, let's, what can we do here that holds Donald Trump accountable, but at the same time doesn't ignite a second civil war? Which there's always that potential, and I think that potential is going to remain whether Donald. Trump gets indicted or not. So that's a whole other story. But actually, speaking of Donald Trump, before I let you go, we'd be remiss if we didn't discuss the fact that Donald Trump's White House staff tricked him into thinking that he not only nominated uh, Jeffrey Clark to be acting attorney general, but also that he named Sidney Powell to be a special counsel. And and that actually didn't happen. They didn't act. They refused to go through with the paperwork. And Donald Trump thought that he was doing this, but he didn't because they didn't go through with all of the processes that need to take place in order for that to happen. So all of these people, all of these Trump loyalists, and it doesn't matter whether they're Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani, even the insiders, even Patsy Baloney and all of those guys, uh, to a certain extent, even Cassidy Hutchinson was complicit in the operation of that administration for four fucking years, including a devastating pandemic that killed 400,000 Americans in the course of just 20 like the last two three quarters of 2020 alone and they were all in on that realistic study at this (laughs) point you know will tell you that that uh, over at least over 100,000 americans died needlessly it may the number may in fact be much higher yeah yeah but like at least 10 you know i don't even know where we are if we hit 1.1 yet i'm not even sure we're up there 
but but at least sort of 10 to 15 percent or something mm -hmm. didn't have to die it may be much bigger but the idea is they all get hired they all turn up for their interviews they accept the jobs they serve at the pleasure of the president for that period of time knowing at some point as they're working for donald trump that everything the press and the Democrats and liberals and Twitter, et cetera, have been saying about Donald Trump is 1000% true to the point that when it came down to the stop the steal scam, this gigantic election fraud, this coup that Donald Trump tried to engage in, when it came down to that, they did this thing where they tricked the tin pot dictator into thinking that he had signed these two orders and that Jeff Clark was going to be attorney general and Sidney Powell was going to be special counsel to investigate the election. And involved in that, too, was Donald Trump thinking that he authorized the Department of Defense to collect all of the voting machines and engage in this like huge a, operation. Yeah, and then they didn't like do it. a child. Yeah, exactly, like a child. So they, on some level, I think they realize, and testimony aside, they're compelled to do that by law, subpoena, oath, etc. cetera. Uh, beyond that, though, they finally, at least at that point, went, yeah, those guys, all the critics are right. <laughs> all the people, what they're I saying mean, about Trump, they're all right. Amazing. Yeah, right. It is still amazing to me, though. It's sort of it's like reminiscent of me saying to like my kids when they were five or six. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We'll have pizza tomorrow morning for breakfast when they're throwing a fit, you know? Right, right. And of course, we, they forget about it by then and we don't do it. Like, this exactly. Is the way they had to treat Donald Trump. God damn it. <laughs> it's you know what? It's amazing when I hear a story like that. And this all played out in yesterday's hearing. When I hear that story, I go, how did human civilization survive this past four years. I mean, there were 1.1 something million Americans who didn't survive. Uh, but, you know, by and large, there were no mushroom clouds. There is no nuclear winter occurring, which is obviously the worst case scenario when you have someone who was as incompetent as Donald Trump. And it's just amazing. And, and that nefarious, that yeah. I think, too. I mean, and obviously as evil as he was. Yeah. Because all it would have taken is like one or two cronies in the wrong place, right? Mm -hmm. Like when he went to, what's his name? Oh, you know, head of the Joint Chiefs. And he's like, can we shoot into the crowd of protesters? Yeah, Millie, yeah. Like, yeah, imagine if that had been Michael Flynn sitting mm -hmm. there. Oh, absolutely. It would have been like, he would be like, like, sure, how big would you like the gun to be? Would you like a mortar? You know, like, I mean, that's, I mean, you know, we we could have been in that kind of a situation. And I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it may have, frankly, when I learn all of this stuff, it's kind of like it reminds me of when I study all history and wonder how the hell we've all made it this far, I, quite frankly. I know. Absolutely. I mean, there were uh, some stories from the Middle Ages, for example. How do we, right. how do we make it through how the Middle Ages, for God's sake? That's how I'm, I've always known that there's that there cannot be any such thing as intelligent design because yeah. look at us. <laughs> right, right. Fucking well, look at us. <laughs> we could be headed for another Middle Ages if the theocrats take over. There was a conference a couple of weeks ago where all the Christian dominionists got together, including Senator Rick Scott from the state of Florida, talking about how he's going to follow, everyone should follow the sound of the guns and suit up and get ready for war against the radical left Democrats. And this was all about a freaky alien looking motherfucker. What was one? Was it man in black too? I think where Will Smith had to fight a guy who looked like, like Rick Scott, like the guy that took yeah. the little versions of himself. Slender man. Yeah. Oh, I mean, what, what world are we? I don't know. What happened? man? Know. What well, happened to us? I know that's what, you know what? I wake up every morning thinking that exact thing, Cliff, to be perfectly honest, that's where I start my day. And then it's just like yep. up to the news of the day to disabuse me of that opinion. <laughs> <laughs> That's the uh, strategy for me every day. I mean, uh, it, it's as good as any other, man. <laughs> if I had any better strategy, I'd give it to you. But, like, I, I were reminded every day how much, like, you know, trial and error. Well, how much of evolution is trial and error? Look yeah, all right. around us. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, we tried that. Oops, that, that wasn't good. Sir. You know, Seb Gorka, nope, that wasn't a good one. We shouldn't have done that. Um, you know, that's essentially, <laughs> well, let's that, talk about uh, let's talk about your YouTube channel once again. Yes. Uh, how often do you post videos up there? How often does a new video yeah. go up? Every freaking day. Every um, day. So what? 
Yes. Um, even like I, if I'm over, I, I do film a few ahead of time uh, for weekends. And mm-hmm. even when I've been on vacation, I have missed an occasional day. But generally, you will have anywhere between two and four. Longer ones tend to run for about four to eight minutes. And then I've got these the one minute shorts that I do too. Uh, also for people that want to grab just like a quick whatever on, you know, if it's a yeah. story that can be told quickly. And I do a couple of those a day and uh, I love it, man. Yeah, I've yeah. been doing it. We're growing. We're at about 3,500, you know, subscriptions and, you know, around two months, a little bit less, which I'm pretty happy with. Yeah, that's and, outstanding. But, you know, obviously, I want to blow it up because mm. uh, the more it, get, it gets bigger, I can spend more time doing it. And, you know, I, I just, it, it, it's, it's, I don't know how else to put it, but it, it fits me quite well. Let's say it, let's say it that way. How can people subscribe? It's youtube.com slash. There you go, folks. YouTube.com slash, and it is my first initial C for Cliff and then Schechter, which is just S-C-H-E-C-T-E-R. There so you go. YouTube.com slash C Schechter, C-S-C-H-E-C-T-E-R. Please come by and, you know, subscribe and turn your notifications on and comment and call me names and, you know, whatever you'd like <laughs> to do over there, but. Yeah, we'll it's a, it's by. a, we're having fun. It's a daily must watch. You have to see them every day. They're relatively short, right? So it's not like a huge yep. expenditure of time. You can go and check in with Cliff every day. Again, uh, youtube.com slash C Schechter. I got a link in the description under this episode at bobseska.com. Hey, thank you so much, my friend, for stepping in today. Uh, I apologize to everyone for not having Robbie Pickering here. Something happened with his schedule. And so we're in the process of trying to uh, uh, get him back for another Wednesday, maybe next week or the week after that. But meantime, uh, as I said, thank you for uh, my rule of thumb is anytime Bob Seska says, can I talk to you, Cliff? I say yes, unless I absolutely, unless I'm, you know, if I'm being waterboarded at the time or something, I have, I may have to say no, but otherwise I'm in. Well, what's funny is we kind of do this on the phone on a regular basis. What we just did for the last 50 minutes or whatever it was, yeah. we do this on the phone regularly. So it's a good That's idea I mean. to like record them once sometimes. in a while. Yeah. I might just get too relaxed and say something I shouldn't because like, I just have these conversations with you. You know, like this is, this, is, this is what we do. So why not do it for the show? All right. Well, sounds great, my friend. We'll talk to you again real soon. All right. Thanks, buddy. Take care. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Now the time has come to see the writing on the floor When I finally look up I'll know things better than before Cause I was born for these days I was born for these days